I would like to invite you to take a moment in your day, throughout your evening, or wherever this finds you, this present moment, recognizing in this moment all the significant changes, transformations, and movement that you may have with this breath in this breath, breathing in and breathing out, I invite you to acknowledge, be aware, and find the acceptance of all things that change, transform, and move. And in this breath, Accepting, breathing in, and witnessing the breathing out. Again, breathing in the nuance of change, breathing out the expression of transformation. Now inviting you back into your body, into this present moment, allowing yourself to be the witness to this experience. Breathing in and breathing out, finding yourself grounding back into the here and the now with all the changes, transformations, and movements on the horizon. Hi, it's Ryan. Welcome to your weekly dose of The Psychedelic Psychologist, where I invite my guests to share their stories about their psychedelic integration, their experience. We talk about everything from addiction to depression, anxiety, and everything that involves a spiritual emergence. Today, I'm grateful and super privileged to have my guest, Hunter, who I've been working with some time and am profoundly excited to speak to with their colorful language and beautiful stories. Hunter, it's great to see you. Great to hear you. How are you coming in today? Hey, it's really great to see and hear you too. Thanks for having me on. I'm coming in, you know, feeling, you know, kind of the polarity of both feeling really amazing and and falling into love, but also you know, working on taking care of my, my physical body and, and making sure that I'm, I'm staying on top of things like that. But overall, I'm, I'm feeling good and I'm excited to be here. Hunter, you bring up a super valid point with everything that I talk about regarding psychedelics is this love affair, this amazing experience that we're living. And sometimes it pulls us out of the body, but you were beautifully expressing the polarity of the both, right? This emotional love, the spiritual connection, and then remembering, oh yeah, we have this body too. What what are you recognizing when you say that out loud? Well, it's it's really been something oh I'm recognizing that I'm I'm proud of that fact because it's really been something that's been really new for me and an exploration. I'm going through this workbook right now called How to Meet Yourself. And that's one of the things she really talks about is being more in touch with your body, checking in with your body, 
she has all these daily affirmations. So I've been, you know, a few times a day and checking in with myself and seeing what my body needs. And sometimes I'll just, I'll take a break and, and I'll relax and maybe roll my back out on my yoga roller, ice my back, maybe take a little nap, whatever it is that I feel like my body needs, maybe go to the gym. Sometimes uh, I feel this drive to just go, go, go. I think it's ingrained in her culture. And I'm really trying to just learn to just be and let go. That's a really profound way of looking at things. This idea of not only diving into all the literature and information out in the world, but recognizing when to put it down and slow down. How do you personally play within that binary of desiring to consume information, but knowing how much you can digest or process? Yeah, it's really tough. And I'm still learning every day and experimenting on what that looks like and feels like in my life because I'm a very curious person. I love reading all sorts of different books, listening to podcasts, but you also reach a point where, or, you know, I feel like I reach a point where if you do too much, too fast for too long, not only does your physical, not only you know, do I feel my physical body starting to have that toll taken on it, but also I think on like a spiritual and emotional level too. So it's, it's a learning process and I think it kind of always will be for me, but I think I'm a lot better than I used to be. Sure. And, you know, working with you and participating and witnessing you and walking alongside you on your healing journey, what I've known about you is it, you don't give up. You look at things, you come at them in many different angles and specifically what I honor about you is this idea that the stagnation of sitting in the same thing can also be dehabilitating. And that's when you turn to a different approach, which I appreciate. Can you tell me a little bit about what you do to keep things fresh in your healing process? Yeah. So I think for me, it's kind of about having an open mind and also like this workbook that I just started as like 20 or 25 bucks or something. And like, I'd done similar workbooks like it in the past. And I had, I was feeling resistance to buying it. Cause I, I was like, I guess fearful that maybe it would be too similar to what I've done in the past and deserve to spend 20 or $25 on myself on a, on a workbook like this. But then when I think about it, it's really a small price to pay and I'm obviously worthy of spending money on myself. We all are. And it, it's really a small price to pay when I think about the, the money that I've invested into therapy, which the therapy has really been priceless, but I think it really, for me, I feel like in order to get the most out of therapy and working with a professional like you, it's important for me to do the work on my own too. And that's been really profound. The book, The Artist's Way, I've done that twice and a combination of working through that and working with you led me to this whole new amazing life in Hawaii. It's completely different than the life I was living four or five, six years ago. Wow. And I bow to that. I mean, and let's take a moment and we'll be a little unlinear. You're sitting now in this place, in this earthly realm that so many people find as, you know, utopic heaven. 
how did you get there? Can you paint a picture of the journey that it took? Was was it a knee-jerk reaction? Or what I know about you is different. And so I would love for you to share what feels heartfelt to you in that transition. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for saying those nice things. It's good to hear. It was a really, really long and at times difficult journey. What's the emotion yeah, coming you, up right now? I think it's... I think it's joy, which is something I've been working on trying to express more. Um, it's okay to be joyful, but you know, uh, a relationship that was no longer serving me it was a five-year relationship. I had, had invested a lot into it and I ended the relationship because I wasn't happy in it. It was no longer serving me. And I, I felt like it would have been really easy to blame the other person, but at the end of the day, I wanted to look in the mirror. Because otherwise I felt like I would have ended up in the exact same relationship with another person. And so that led me to therapy, but kind of what you talked about, was it quick? Did I rush in anything like that? Like I waited, I think it was seven or eight months. I had been looking for a therapist and just nothing was feeling right. And then I synchronistically met you at a dream workshop and it just, it totally felt right. It clicked. And from there. You know, we were doing the, the in-person meetings a couple of times a week for several months and it was, you know, extremely difficult and challenging, but it was also so beautiful and healing. And it was so nice to have somebody there to listen and challenge my perspective on things and bounce ideas off of. And in the process of all this, I, uh, when I started doing therapy with you, that's when I started The Artist's Way. I started writing my first fiction novel. And I also booked a, a trip to Hawaii. I'd always wanted to go to Hawaii. I just booked a 10-day trip. It's like, okay, I, I can do that. And then as we started going down this path together and I was doing all this personal growth, I had this idea that I really wanted to go on this aspirational flight to Japan, I'm really into like airline miles and points. And there's this first class flight nonstop from Chicago to Tokyo on all Nippon Airways. And like, it, it's insane. Like the cash price of the ticket is like $20,000. Like you have your own personal flight attendant, like all this amazing food and everything. I, I want to do that. But I, in doing that, I knew I'd have to quit my job. And I was like, it's a pretty good corporate job. There are a lot of good things about it. A lot of not so good things about it. So I made a deal with myself. I said, okay, if I finish the rough draft of my first novel, then I can book the flight to Japan. And from there it started snowballing into just this huge three month trip. And I stopped in Hawaii along the way and just absolutely fell in love with that. It's just like, I felt so healing when I just like spoke to my soul. And again, and so, I have to stop you. What's coming up? I'm witnessing a beautiful expression. What are you recognizing in accepting that invitation? I, I think it's joy and trust is I think is I think how I would describe it, trusting myself. Because you know, it was a scary thing. I didn't know anyone here. I didn't have a place to live, a job, anything like that. And I took a chance and and came here. And fortunately I came here right before COVID hit. And it's been like amazing and crazy. And like the universe just keeps providing everything that I need. And I try to always remind myself of that because I've been so fortunate, like in the last three years, 
I really haven't had to hardly work at all, which is kind of unheard of in Hawaii. I mean, I, I did work a lot the first half of, of 2022 and I doing this amazing job as a snorkel tour guide that I, that I loved. And in the process of all these three years, there was lots of learning and growth. And I've now written <laughs> seven books, which is really kind of hard to believe. And I just. Well, let's take a moment know, for just a second and acknowledge I need to slow down because I recognize someone that it just didn't listen to the secret. You profoundly are doing active work simultaneously to the universe opening up to you. I know you as someone that's not afraid to look at yourself, mm. question the decisions you make, take accountability with the actions you're doing. So what you've done isn't as if it just fell on your lap. You've invested. What does it mean to you to invest in your healing practice and your life as you're doing right now? Thank you. Welcome. Um, it. <laughs> It really means everything to me. And I'm like, it's nice to be able to reflect on this with you and like feel how proud I can be of that because it has been a very long journey. Funny enough, this journey for me started in, in my early 20s. I was really struggling with women and I found myself in this bizarre and kind of interesting world of, yeah. They're called pickup artists. These guys go around and try to meet women with all these different schemes and routines. And I was, I was really into that for a couple of years. And the beautiful thing about that is that it got me reading again and it got me reading all of these self-help books and looking inward. And it also got me into meditation and meditation has been so key for me in silencing things because for a majority of my life, and this is something that you helped me realize I'm always constant. I had always been constantly like thinking my way through life and I never felt my way through life and checked in with how I was feeling about certain things. So, I mean, in this book that I was writing last night, what I, you know, what I wrote was it's like, it's almost comical how many books I've read on self-help and psychology and philosophy. And it has been a long journey, but it's been so worthwhile. And when I got to that place, you know, I feel like I can, I was able to start manifesting the life that I wanted and stop living a life that other people, or I thought other people wanted for me. Well, that's a huge point. And the idea of you just saying living a life other people wanted for you. And I think that takes a minute to digest that you are acting, you are acting with agency and authenticity and not following someone else's storyline. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of funny. The universe is funny because I feel like it'll still test you on those things. Like, did, did you really learn this lesson? How about this? How are you going to react to this? I was in this relationship, a long distance relationship with this woman that I met in Minnesota, right before I moved here. And, um, it came a point in time where she wanted me to move back to Minnesota and a small part of me did. Cause I, I loved the woman. She was really amazing, but I knew that I wouldn't have been being, um, I wouldn't have been living my truth. And in the end, both 
her and I wouldn't have been happy in a relationship there because I, I think I would have maybe resented myself, maybe resented her, but I, I knew I wouldn't have been happy living in Minnesota. I, I can definitely respect that because it takes the whole body to listen to and not just, as you said earlier, the thoughts. Hunter, one of the things that you know about me and that you've worked simultaneously with me beyond the dream work and traditional therapy is an integration of sorts with psychedelics. This idea of the way you use them is very intentional and not liberal at all, quite intentional and drawn out. You use a lot of space to integrate between sessions. What would you say the first experience was and how did that unfold the precipice of Hawaii, your travels and your authenticity? Can you reflect on that experience? My first experience was with microdosing, and that really helped me a lot as I was planning this big trip, and it it really helped with depression, anxiety, addiction, all those things, and like letting go easier. And what I call it now today is peaceful productivity. Like my legs just kind of take me places and like, you know, go do things that I love. And then, and I'll state that I was really cautious and skeptical about doing it in the beginning, even though the book Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas is one of my absolute all-time favorite books. And I just like, I I love it so much. And, you know, that whole book centers around drug use, but I, I was still very scared about going into that realm. There's a lot of fear, but eventually I was able to find myself doing a larger dose in a therapeutic session. And that was probably the most spiritual experience I've had in my lifetime. There were a lot of beautiful lessons learned in that. I recovered a repressed memory, which helped me in my journey and and working on some close relationships. And it also, I, I didn't know it at the time, but one of the visions that I had was there were these, I was transported to this place and there were these beings and they like led me deep into the mountain through these tunnels and there were these elders there and they told me to just share my stories like that just meant so much to me i just knew so much what it down this new career of writing books and it it took me i think like a, a year or two to to realize it but i think that place that i was at was a visualized version of Maui and it just, it felt so right. I think that's part of the reason why it feels so much like home and I was called here. And, and since then I've been doing one of those about once a year. I, I did one in another therapeutic session and kind of the overarching theme of that one was let go, which I mentioned before and kind of the overarching theme of the first one I did was just be. And those two things I feel like are so freeing and they feel like universal truths to me and where I can find peace. This is fantastic. Go ahead. Sorry. Keep going. Thank you. And more recently, I'll just say that I've been really struggling with depression the past few months. uh, I had a 
a very difficult five months. Uh, looking back on it now, it's it feels so much lighter, but I kind of had a series of events. My truck got smashed up and hit and run. My father passed away. When I came back to Hawaii, my job was gone and I broke my toe. I had a falling out with one of my best friends. And it was just like, it was really, really difficult. And we stop right there for just a moment. Yeah. Acknowledge, mm. please acknowledge what I hear you saying because it's, it's deep, it's emotional. And you, the last five minutes, you've been going through a ton. What is it as you're pausing, just acknowledging your body, acknowledging the feelings in your heart? It's a yeah. lot, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. So I've been trying to, I guess, listen more to the universe and, and see the connections and the signs. My friend really encouraged me to start microdosing again. And that's really, really helped a lot. And then I'm, I'm at a point now, I think with my meditation and my mind space where I feel comfortable doing those therapeutic larger doses on my own and setting my intention and, and knowing that I'm safe and trusting myself in the universe. And over the last couple of weeks, I've had a couple of really amazing and profound experiences. One of them was, well, I was actually watching this new amazing movie called um, Everything Everywhere All at Once. And it was kind of about parallel universes and things like this. And the same friend that encouraged me to microdosing and had bugged me about this movie like three times. You got to watch this movie. So I finally watched it. And about halfway through, I'm like, I, I'm really feeling like I want to do an experience. So I put it on pause. I did my ritual. I meditated. I did a gratitude meditation. And then while I was waiting for it to start, I was planning on watching the rest of the movie, but. While I was waiting for it to start, I, wa I was listening to this audio book by Wayne Dyer, who's like my hero, my guru, my guardian angel. He lived here where I live, which is amazing. And Deepak Chopra, he's an MD and he's really into Ayurveda. And I'd already listened to about an hour of the audio book before this evening. And the part that I turned on Wayne is introducing Deepak and they start talking about quantum mechanics and reality and all of this different stuff. And like a lot of it was related to the movie that I was watching. And I just felt like they were talking directly to me. And it was just like, so incredibly amazing. And I, I just, I felt so much love and it kind of changed my perspective on things, especially in regards to where Deepak was talking about chaos and I could just like see everything that happened over the last five months. And, you know, all the while they're reminding me that the universe is on purpose and I have all these connections here and all these people here to help me and that everything's okay. And that this is a playful and recreational universe and to not take myself so seriously. I love that, Hunter, the fact that it's a playful universe and the emotion is magnificent that you're expressing. Thank you. Pretty fantastic. And life isn't that serious, but yet so serious. It's weird to play within that paradox, isn't it? 
like Ramdas says, life is a paradox. Everything is a paradox. So yeah, it's interesting living in that space because there are always going to be challenges. And it's kind of one thing that Deepak touched on too, is how you define those things. Wayne says, when you define me, you negate me. I think younger Hunter would have easily fallen into a, a place of fear and anger, especially after everything that had transpired the past five months is, you know, it could have been just another thing. But what happened was I was in this fantasy football league. I won it. I won $150 and this guy, the commissioner who's supposed to pay everyone out, he starts giving me the runaround and send it in a couple more days and send it in a couple more days. And I finally realized he was never going to send it. And I think in the past, I really would have kind of been out for, for vengeance and making it perhaps a bigger deal than it was. I mean, yeah, it sucks losing out on $150, but I also know that the universe, I have everything I need. The universe will provide everything that I need for me. And if I let go of that and I put the time and energy that I could have put into emailing this guy's job, reporting him to PayPal and Venmo so his account gets shut down, I could take that time and energy and invest it into things here in my life, like writing books, like going on podcasts and talking to you. I know that money, that abundance will come back to me in a different way. That's really quite beautiful. And Thank it's you. also work, right? As, as anything, yeah. there's this nuance of it's easy to say, it's another thing to actively do, which leads me, how are you integrating that beautiful experience? What are you doing to recognize the practicality within your day? Yeah. So for me, going back to the artist's way, one thing that's been super super beneficial to me is morning pages. I journal three pages freehand every morning. I've been doing it for, I can't believe it. I think like four years now I've stacks of notebooks and I call it the best free therapy out there. It's just so incredible to be able to have this space that's all my own and I can put down unedited, unfinished ideas. I can reflect on different strategies. I can look at how I feel about something and kind of what the pros and cons are. And I think make more informed decisions and also not act from a place of difficult emotions. I used to, I think, really act in, in places of sadness and anger in the past and they would lead me to rash decisions and it would lead to some unfortunate events. That's fucking phenomenal, this idea of leading out of irrational emotions. I mean, what a fantastic expression of self. Yeah, thanks. It's not, it's been a, a really long learning journey in, in terms of, but it, it's so worth it if for me to be able to get to that place where I can start to see how that works and feels and has a positive impact my life. Yeah. And as I can testify to and appreciate within you is it's not a passive experience. As you said earlier, this, none of this is this passive, oh, I'll sit back and watch everything unfold. Rather, it's very, I would say symbiotic, right? That mm -hmm. your, your work 
within the universe, no matter how chaotic or how organized it is, you still are putting energy towards love, towards compassion, towards hope of your dreams and focus of what you find happiness in. Yeah, definitely. The you know, I've been trying to see more of the the synchronicity out there in the people that I come across and and the work that I do. Um and when I can see and feel those things, it, it makes me really happy to be here, not just in Hawaii, but on earth and to be able to be here and, and play feels really good. I, I confided in you a couple months ago that I had this gut feeling that maybe I, maybe I completed whatever I, I needed to on this earth and I might not be here much longer. I had a, a similar vision about my father last February and he passed away six months later. And, 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 you know, maybe, maybe I have done what I've come here to do. Maybe I haven't. But if I have, I feel like that doesn't mean that I can't stay and play. I've created this beautiful life for myself. Like I feel, I literally, I literally feel like I escaped from hell. Mm. So it feels really good to to be here and, and play. And, you know, I think I do want to enjoy being here and enjoy relationships and everything that this place has to offer for as long as it's meant to be. And I think life's beautiful. Much love to that hunter that takes my breath away and I'm humbly bowing, which leads me to ask, and in a way you answered it, but as you always know, my deep desire for people to walk gently, hunter, what are you doing today? this week in the present to be gentle with yourself? Yeah. You'd always tell me that at the end of our sessions to, to be gentle. And it took me a long time to kind of really. Yeah. You're like, fuck the fuck (laughs) off, dude. What are you fucking talking about? It took me a long time to actually hear what you were saying, but it's so true for me personally, my inner critic used to be so loud. And now I try to remind myself and bring awareness to the fact that I don't have to always try to live in perfection. Like you said to me, strive for excellence, not perfection. So today and this week, I'm going to go to the beach. I'm going to keep working on editing this this next novel, which I'm, I'm so excited for, and it brings me so much joy. And it also brings me joy that what I'm creating is also adding abundance to other people's lives, not just in the form of creating jobs for other people, but also bringing joy to people's lives through hopefully entertainment. And one of the, the messages I got this past week was it kind of feels weird to say because in some ways it feels narcissistic but it's coming from a place of love um, we talk about self-love right is i think narcissism sorry to interject but to protect you and support you yeah is often we immediately knee-jerk reaction thinking we're being arrogant or narcissistic or self-defeating based off of where we've come from or what people have told us and what i'm 
a strong component of an advocate for recently is this idea that there's abundant love and we deserve to shower it on ourselves and a recognition of sorts, of honoring of sorts. You know? So with that, I ask you to indulge. Yeah, that's a beautiful way to put it. So the message that I got was that I'm an inspiration to others. try to remind myself of that and, and no matter how many books I sell or don't sell just the act of being me and creating and living a life that I want to live is inspiration to others like Wayne Dyer says in the gratitude meditation that I listen to he says be like the sun in selfless service shining upon the world regardless of the outcome right and what you give back yeah and my own duration of that is like be like the sun knowing that the sun provides us without any expectation to receive yes exactly hunter much love yeah yeah much love indeed